Brenda Sue Sika was a 43-year-old from Huntsville, Alabama. She was a bartender and military vet. On July 1st, 2017, Brenda moved out of an apartment that had been paid for by her married boyfriend. Despite a forthcoming email where Brenda said she was in Wyoming, there is no proof of this. She was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. I am 51 years old, and I have never owned a piece of property. Not a house, not a yard, not even a blade of grass or pebble of pavement. I think I'm in a very small percentage of people at my age who have had the means and chance to buy a place to live, but haven't. Why is this? I think there are a couple of reasons. Number one... I grew up in a house that was certainly unique, but the cities in which I have lived, every home that is in my price range looks like every other one. And number two, I like the flexibility of being able to move anytime I want. I'm willing to take a bit of a financial hit to know the very second a place starts to turn me off, for whatever reason, I can leave pretty quickly and fairly easily. That's my kind of peace of mind. However, were I to hit Powerball or Mega Millions, which are in crazy territory right now, I'm sure I could find a mansion with high fences that would suit my tastes. Well, in the disappearance of Brenda Sika, she had never owned a home either, going from one rental to the next. Then Brenda was gone, and the resolution to her case could be to figure out what happened at the apartment. And now a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Lyonez's website, charlieproject.org. Brenda Sika was a naturally intelligent, outgoing, and beautiful girl. She also played a vital role as big sis to her younger siblings. After high school, Brenda went to the Air Force and served from January 1992 to September 1993. Brenda then, over the next several years, got her degree and was this close to getting her master's. Then things changed. Due to her work as a bartender, Brenda got around the wrong people. She became more isolated and developed a drug addiction. Brenda thought a change in atmosphere might help her, so she moved from Florida to Alabama. Yet, the same pattern continued. So, in early July 2017, Brenda decided she was moving out of the Huntsville, Alabama apartment 
where she lived. She had been in it for six months. Brenda's married boyfriend, Jim, had found it for her and paid the rent. She didn't say where she was going. Jim says he wished her well and gave her $5,000 to go wherever she wanted. Brenda was never seen again. However, when her family finally noticed she was missing later in July, an email exchange started in which Brenda claimed she found a new boyfriend and that she was in Wyoming. However, to this day, there is no proof of that. The email stopped toward the end of August 2017. The circumstances of Brenda's disappearance could be classified as a hybrid type of case. We have signs of a drug issue, a relationship issue, and possibly a walk-off issue altogether. Meaning, finding a logical theory could be harder than usual. But please try to answer these three questions as you listen to the interview. Number one, if the emails were truly from Brenda, why did they originate from an email address that no one had seen before? Number two, after four years, why is it still unclear who helped Brenda move out since she had furniture, including a cherished large bookcase? And number three, why is it there is no internet database showing Brenda or Jim having ever been connected to the apartment in Huntsville, Alabama? Brenda's family is open to possibilities regarding her disappearance, but foul play is foremost in their minds. The guest for this episode is Brenda's sister, Carrie Valle. Unfound news. Why, yes, the meeting with the people in Greeley, Colorado did happen on September 7th. Thank you for asking. However, although they didn't say I couldn't say anything about the discussion, I'm going to play it safe and just keep quiet for now. Will I be going there to testify for Steve Pankey's trial? I think there's a possibility. Next, why yes, some kooks did come out of the woodwork and send me some screeds regarding Israel Keys and the 5th anniversary episode. Thank you for asking. These people cannot be satisfied. Even when I try to give their side of the argument a fair shake, they criticize me. I guess that will be the end of that. Finally, why yes, I did enjoy my show with Dr. Telesco last Thursday, September 2nd. Thank you for asking. But the big thing that may come out of it is one of Unfound's unsolved disappearances may get new attention just from me appearing on Grace's show. I love that kind of synergy. Where you can find... Unfound. Unfound supports accounts on Audible, Podomatic, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Deezer, and YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, please join us for the Unfound live show. All of you can talk with me 
and I can answer your questions. Contribute to Unfound at patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast. You can also contribute at PayPal, paypal.me forward slash unfoundpodcast. I also need to give a huge shout out to all the people who have monetarily contributed using Super Chat during the live show on Wednesday nights. Thank you for watching and thank you for donating. The email address, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. Merchandise, the books at amazon.com in both ebook and print form. Yes, you know it. Do not forget the reviews. Shirts at unfound-podcast.myshopify.com or you can track down my assistant, Heather, in the Facebook group. Playing cards at makeplayingcards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfoundpodcast. The website, theunfoundpodcast.com. And please mention unfound at all true crime websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound the sister of Brenda Sika, Carrie Valle. Carrie, welcome to Unfound. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And the listeners should know uh, uh, Carrie and I might have set a record for as much uh, as we've talked before this uh, interview back and forth with a lot of messenger messages and, and a lot of things that, of course, are going to come up in this interview. So. Carrie, even though we've never met in person, I feel like I know you very, very well already. So yes. uh, uh, I hope we can uh, continue this uh, correspondence, and of course, until Brenda is found. Yes. Um, you're welcome. Let's start here. Of course, you are Brenda's sister. Uh, how many siblings do you have? Uh, you know, where do you fall in the line compared to Brenda, older sister, younger sister? Let's just start with that. Okay, um, well, Brenda, oh, I'll first start off by saying um, me and Brenda were both adopted. Um, huh. Brenda was adopted at three months, and then when our biological mother had me, then our mother um, adopted me. So wow. um, it was me and Brenda uh -huh. uh, from New Jersey, and my mom uh, met my stepfather, and they had mm -hmm. a son, so I do have a brother also. So it was just me, Brenda, yeah. and my brother. Oh, I don't know if you know this, Carrie, but I am adopted as well. So that's always interesting when okay. somebody that comes up during uh, an interview. Well, that's very interesting. We should have probably talked about this before, uh, but that's very interesting. So, uh, so then Carrie is, I mean, Brenda is your older sister then? Older. Yes. Okay. Older sister by how, how many months, years? Uh, by about 18 months. 18 months. months. Uh, okay. So kind of close, not far away, but uh, it's pretty close. Uh, and uh, how was your family, uh, the three of you, a brother and two sisters? Uh, how was she as an older sister? How would you explain all that, maybe as youngsters into your teen years? Um, well, me and, me and Brenda were very close, um, closer in age than, than our brother. Um, I'm actually eight years older than him. Okay. So, um, I mean, growing up, you know, naturally me and Brenda were more close and, mm. um, you know, we went to the same school, you know, just mm -hmm. a grade or two behind her. We went to the same high school. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we shared a room together. Huh. Um, we had the same friends together. Yeah. You know, we did a lot of things together 
I mean, we had our, you know, sister fights huh. often. Right. Because um, Brenda was, you know, because she was older, she always wanted to be in charge or, uh-huh. you know, thought that she knew what was best all the time. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, we had our fights, but, you know, that was Everybody does, right? Every, yeah. all, all siblings yeah. do, right, of course. Um, would you say that uh, yourself and, and, and Brenda, like personality-wise and social style, are the same, different? Um, well, personality-wise, as far as um, certain interests, mm-hmm. yes. Um, as we were younger, but lifestyles as we got older, um, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's changed. Yeah, we're, we'll talk yes. about that. But just in your kid years, both of you outgoing, both of you maybe introverted, um, you know, both same, you know, uh, you know, same same things. Or are you just uh, different? No, we, we, I mean, as teenagers, we, you know, we both kind of enjoyed the same things. I mm-hmm. mean, we were, you know, just your typical American, you know, sisters just okay. growing up in the same, you know, in the same era, the 80s, the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, like I said, we would do things together on the weekends. If we would go to the movies or wherever we would go, we would mm-hmm. be together, okay. whether it was with my friends, her friends, but we, you know, basically had the same friends. Okay. And being that she was 18 months older than you, so she, was she two grades ahead of you? Like when she was a senior, you were in 10th grade? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, let's move on to this. Let's just talk about uh, Brenda exclusively. Uh, what were her some of the things that she was into as a teenager? Uh, maybe that made her unique. Um, you know, was she, uh, education. You know, hobbies, things like that. Um, well, as a you know a teenager, like in her high school years, um, Brenda was you know always did very good in school. She was always on the honor roll. Um, she, you know, um, she liked to read a lot. She was very interested in history, um, hmm. you know, books and, um, you know, even back then politics. She liked to watch Jeopardy, um, trivia. She, Brenda was very intelligent, very book smart, never really had to study, you know, for tests. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Brenda was just very smart in school. I never had to struggle versus me. I had to study, you know, just to get a B. She Mm -hmm. didn't even have to really study. Brenda, everything just Mm -hmm. kind of book smart came very natural to her. Mm -hmm. Um, So she always did very good in school. She never really got in trouble as a teenager. Um, You know, she liked the typical things, going to the movies, water Mm -hmm. parks. Um, She liked music, yeah, uh, concerts, you know, things like that. Yeah, Yeah. I actually had seen, uh, I think it's on the Charlie Project or something, that she could be seen usually maybe wearing a concert shirt and it even picks out such as Metallica or Iron Maiden, which of course caught my eye because I'm a big fan of both of those yes. bands. Is that how you remember her as well? Yes, yes. Huh. Okay. She liked those groups. Those were her favorite. Um, uh-huh. She, you know, she somehow would always get tickets to go to concerts. Um and, you know, she always liked to get, you know, collect or have the T-shirts of the different rock yeah, bands that she too. liked. She had a lot of them. Me too. Me too. All yeah. right. That's interesting. I think that's the first time this has ever come up on an, uh, an episode of Unfound talking about concerts and concert shirts. So yes. uh, that's something, surely, that I can relate to. Interesting. Okay. How about um, 
relationships, boyfriends, uh, anyone like that, you know, in high school, was she uh, popular that way or she kind of stay away from that or what would you say? Um, yeah, she, well, in high school, I mean, you know, she had, you know, different boyfriends, you know, here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, not too many. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the thing about Brenda though, if she had a boyfriend and he did something she didn't like, she was very quick to cut him off and, you know, dump break him. it off with them and not think twice about it. Yeah, she wasn't him. the type to sit there and, you know, cry and, mm -hmm. you know, that type of thing. She kind of just moved on. She didn't really have tolerance for, um, you know, anybody doing a wrong or, you know, right. cheating on her or being seen with another girl. She was very quick just to cut it off. No on again, off again relationships for Brenda. No. Okay. No. Okay. So, um, what did she do after high school? Of course, I have here in my notes and in the outline for this interview that uh, she served in the military. Uh, when did she do that? How do you think she came to that decision? Do you do you remember that? Um, I was trying to actually think about that the other day. I was looking at her um, Air Force military picture. Mm -hmm. um, she served in the in the Air Force in January of 1992. Um, to September of 1993. And I'm trying mm -hmm. to actually to remember what, how she was interested, mm -hmm. you know, in, in serving in the military. And then, you know, it came to me that she, she always had an interest with history, like, mm -hmm. you know, the past wars. And yeah. she was all into that. She would watch movies and books and try to talk to me about it, which at the time I was never interested and I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what started, you know, like as soon as she was able to go, that's yeah. what she wanted to do because okay. of her, you know, passion for reading books about it and just, you know, being interested in history. Yeah. Do you think uh, your your parents were surprised about that? I mean, did they support that? How do you remember it? Um, yeah, I, I, I remember them supporting it. Um, you know, she didn't want to go to college. So, mm. you know, right mm. away she knew that's what she wanted to do. So... You know, okay. I remember they were all for it. I actually remember driving her to drop her off, um, you know, to leave for the military. Yeah. I have a memory of that. Um, I think I was 16 at the time. Okay. And she was 18. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and do you know, uh, was she ever overseas or did she just stay in the United States? What What is a Air Force, I guess, base, I guess, or... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was at an Air Force base in Montana. Wow. And that's where she was stationed at. Okay. For that short period of time. Okay. Now, you did say that it was January of 92 to September of 93. I've never been in the military. Uh, my father was. But, um, you know, that sounds like a, a shorter stint than usual. I, I guess me as a lay person uh, thinks, you know, somebody goes into the military, I guess the the shortest time is like two years unless something, you know, happens. Uh, of course, that wasn't quite two years. Do you know why that was? Any any idea why it might have been uh, shorter than maybe most people would think? I don't really remember exactly what happened. I know that Brenda's um, job in the Air Force at that time was mm. inspecting parachutes. And um, she got a honorable, she got out of the military with an honorable discharge. Okay. Um, I don't remember exactly what happened. Um, something happened between her and her instructor. Huh. And she decided to leave. Okay. 
So she got out. It was an honorable discharge, though. It yes. wasn't something uh, like she committed a crime or something. Of course, then no. it would be dishonorable. Right. Uh, okay, so she uh, got out there uh, of it in September of 93. Uh, and what did she do from then? What uh, what did she do for work? I, I'm guessing maybe she didn't plan to get out of the military that quickly, if that's what happened. Maybe it sounds like a su sudden spur-of-the-moment thing. What did she do for the rest of the 90s? Um, well, after she got out of the military, she got a job as a bartender. Um, mm -hmm. she started bartending just at like different places, different, you know, little bars or different clubs that they had, um, you know, going on at that time in the nineties. Um, she was a bartender for a long time. So mm -hmm. we're talking from 93 to, I want to say, um, probably like 2003. I mean, I wow. know it was well over 10, 12, okay. 13 years. She was just, she was a bartender. Um, she was at this one bar for probably about eight years. Huh. Um, and she was working as a bartender. And then she started going to college um, to pursue a degree in psychology. Okay. And how was she doing? Your, your opinion, how was she doing uh, during the rest of the 90s? Um, did she get, uh, we already brought up relationships in high school. Did she meet, meet any guys that... Uh, you know, she was dating or had a relationship living with in the 90s or what was what was the, going on there? Yeah, she, Brenda, to be honest, she had um, a lot of different boyfriends. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'll be honest and tell you that. Um, okay. You know, she just, like I said, she's just always been the type, you know, she'll go after a guy, everything's going good. And then as soon as something happens, she pulls away and she's done. And then she's mm -hmm. on to the next one. Okay. So she's had several boyfriends in okay. her, you know, in her past. Okay. And I don't think anybody would be surprised by that. If she's a bartender, that's who you're going to mainly meet, men, right? right? It's, right. Uh, it's it's just part of the job, uh, being nice to them. And sometimes that exactly. turns into something more. And I'm certainly not going to judge that. That's totally fine. And, and um, did she end up ever, I know this came up, but I'll ask you anyway, uh, did she ever have any children? We have to remember she was in her 40s when she went missing. Um, any children? No, no she, she never had children. Okay. She didn't think she could. Huh. She just, you know, I think she just was never really with some long enough maybe mm -hmm. to try. And mm -hmm. I just think her lifestyle at the time being a bartender yeah. You know, going to college, I just don't think it was in our mind to do that. Right. Okay. Um, you know, she just, she never really talked about wanting to have kids. Mm -hmm. um, so I just think as the years progressed, she was just yeah. busy with her, you know, working yeah. and going to, going to school. Okay. And when you say she was bartending, would this have been back in your area where your, your family was, where you were? Oh. Yes. And where would mm -hmm. this be? Um, the name of the place? Yeah, this, uh, you, can, you don't have to get specific. What state would this be? Oh, in Florida. Davie, in Florida. Florida. All right, Davie, Florida. Okay, great. All right, and of course, everybody knows I live in Florida now. All right, so military service gets out, uh, bartending for quite a long time, into the 2000s uh, at the same place uh, for, for several years. And after that, she just maybe moved to another place, needed a change of pace there going somewhere else or, or what um well i mean 
she was, you know, bartending here. Mm-hmm. She had, you know, she had an apartment. She would move, you know, a few times, maybe, um, you know, once every two years. And then she mm-hmm. moved, um, her last time she moved, it was to be closer to the college she was going to. Okay, well, let's talk about that. She was going to school uh, for what years? How did that go? Um, well, she was going to um, college at Nova University. Um, she graduated with her bachelor's. Um, she was six months away from getting her master's, but that's when, you know, things just started to come down, you know, fall apart for her. And what year that's- do you think this was about? I'm sorry, what year? Yeah, what year do you think uh, she was um, six months away from her master's? You said things started to fall apart. Approximately, what year would that have been, just to put this in a timeline? Probably about, I want to say, 2002. Okay. All right. So 2002, six months to go, and uh, something happens. Uh, of course, we're still like about 15 years before she went missing. Um when you say things started to fall apart, being that you brought it up, maybe we can talk about it right now. What does that mean? Um, well, you know, she's, I, I think she just started um, neglecting school because, you know, she was working a lot. She was taking, you know, more shifts, you know, at the mm-hmm. bar. And if she wasn't taking shifts, when she would get off, she would sit down and hang out and start drinking. And, you know, after the drinking, you know, came the drugs. Mm-hmm. Um and at that time, I just remember um, watching her kind of lose everything wow. at that moment as far as, you know, not going to school, um, losing, mm. you know, her car or lending somebody her car that crashed her car. And mm. then, you know, just losing like things, you know, like valuables that she had just from maybe people that she was hanging out with. Um I just remember during that time, that's when things just, you know, to me, I just noticed a big change in her. Like Mm -hmm. she wasn't like the upbeat, high Mm -hmm. energy person that she was working, going to college. She just started, it was more about hanging out with the people at the bar at at this point. Did you, of course, once again, we're still several years before she went missing, but back at that time, did you have a talk with her? Did anybody else that, you know, she was close to have a talk with her? Hey, Brenda, what's going on? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I always try to talk to her, you know, I, I mean, you know, at this time now here, I, I'm married, I have yeah. two young kids at the time, so I would try to talk to her, mm-hmm. you know, I would try to tell her, you know, that she needs to stop drinking and, you know, and focus on what she needs to do. I didn't like to see her in that condition. And then again, at that time, I was a little naive to what she was doing because I didn't, mm. I don't do drugs. I didn't do them. So I didn't mm. really know like what was wrong with her, right. you know, until like after, then I started to find out what she was doing just from, you know, looking at her and putting, you know, two and two together. And mm-hmm. that's also the time she started, um, having depression issues. Um, mm. she was, uh, depressed. She would get depressed a lot. She had anxiety. A lot. And I think that's what led to, you know, the drinking and the drugs. Yeah. Can you, can you remember uh, specifically now? And once again, I I think the listeners understand you have your own life to live. It's not your job to look after Brenda. It's nobody's job to look after Brenda. She would be in her late twenties, early thirties. I mean, she has to, at some point have to take care of herself. Uh, But um, do you uh, remember the first time that you thought, man, 
something is just not right here. Is it a, a particular example, maybe, that, that comes to mind? You saw her or, you know, at a family gathering or something, something that was like, oh, boy, anything that pops yes. up. Yes, I, I do remember her coming over to my house. Um, my kids at this time were young. They were like um, 8, 12. And I remember my grandmother was here, and I told her to come over to eat dinner with us. And I remember we were eating dinner, and she kind of like fell asleep at the table. Oh my. Like she kind of like put her head down and like fell asleep. And huh. at that point, I just remember being mad because my kids were looking at her, looking at me. Yeah. You know, my grandmother's there, you know. So yeah. I remember getting into an argument with her and telling her, you know, you can't come to my house like this in front of my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, but at the time, I didn't really know like exactly, exactly what she was doing. Yeah. Because she can go from, you know, from high to low at any, at any time. Very fast. Because remember, during this time, she, you know, she had her depression. She suffered from anxiety, but she also had her master's in psychology. So, yeah. you know, it kind of messed with her mind a little bit that she kind of knew, you know, what her issues were. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. And I think it kind of drove her crazy in a way. And that's what led to more drugs yeah. and alcohol was just her depression because I think if she was never depressed I don't think she would have turned down that road I think she would have finished school and you know would have done what she wanted to do which is help help people she just didn't want to help herself but she wanted to help everybody else okay you know okay so how did this progress of course we're talking 2002 2003 she's having these problems and um you know how did it progress over the like the the next uh 15 years uh you know how did um, she managed this, uh, did she ever try to go to rehab, uh, you know, uh, did she have any, I just have to ask, any stints in jail because of any of this? What, what can you talk about all of that? Um, well, I mean, it just progressed after that, you know, she was living by herself or she had a roommate, she was, you know, still working at the bar, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, I, here I am, you know, married, I have two kids, I'm yeah. working. Um, so I didn't see her a lot during those, those years, probably from 2000, I think I said 2003 Mm -hmm. and then 2010, um, I had my daughter Mm -hmm. and after that is when, you know, things got, you know, to be a little bit worse, even worse, even worse. Yeah. But basically Mm -hmm. during that time she was just still working and just, you know, hanging out and, you know, just doing which you know okay. what she was doing, which I didn't always know what she was doing. Right, of course. Like I said, uh, we this this is a very common topic when we have siblings of missing people. That you know maybe parents it's a little different when we have mothers or fathers on the program, but with siblings, you know you have your own lives. You have your own kids. You know your concern right. is theirs first. You know their their you know their welfare first, of course. And you'd like to help Brenda out maybe more than you could, but you have you know, greater responsibilities. Totally, totally understandable. Right. Oh, but I do have to ask what were your parents uh, saying about all this? How were they reacting to this as they saw uh, Brenda kind of go downhill? Uh, A young woman who, like you said, a very intelligent, didn't have to study, uh, went to the military, etc. Well, you know, at, at this point, when things started to get bad with Brenda, 
as far as her depression, we started to see her getting more depressed. Mm-hmm. And um, then she, um, my mom and dad, you know, they felt bad and they, you know, they told her to come, come live with us. We want to help you. Yeah. My mom wanted to help her. She wanted to get her into a rehab. She wanted to get her on her right medicine. Um, so during that time, my sister was living with my parents, um, to 2010. Okay. And then she, um, cause I know you had just asked me if she ever been to jail. Yeah. Um, you know, during this time of her being depressed and getting into drugs, she actually got caught with, um, with some pills that mm-hmm. she was just doing a favor for somebody so she can, you know. They would give her some pills yeah. and long story short, she ended up, they set it up, you know, the dealer and her, and she actually ended up getting arrested and went to jail for about four months. Wow. Um, then she was released into a rehab after that because, you know, they, they saw that she was a good person. She wasn't a criminal. She just had a depression and mm-hmm. a drug problem, yeah. a drug habit at that time. Okay. So she did go to a rehab. Um, it was a live-in facility. We were able to see her on the weekends. Um, so she did the program. Mm-hmm. And then I have to say this. I do remember her getting out of the program and having to be on some type of probation or reporting that you found a job. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she had no car and she couldn't get a job. Besides bartending, because when you have a record, yeah. nobody wants to hire you. So I remember that was a that was a, a really mm. hard time for her because you know yeah. here she is trying to get herself back together, and nobody will give her a chance. Um, you know, and that's mm. when she just spiraled a little out of control as far as her depression. You know, but back mm. to what you're asking me, my parents mm. tried to be supportive. Yeah. I mean, they did what they could do. They right. they really did. You know, they mm-hmm. let her in, they took her to doctor's appointments, they put up with her coming home drunk. I mean, she, you know, she kind of put them through a lot at one point, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, until it kind of got out of control um, a little mm-hmm. bit. And then, you know, she, my mom wasn't comfortable with her being there um, just because she didn't want to help herself, yeah. you know. Right. These people... So, these people with addictions, problems like this, they have to help themselves. It's no no matter how many right. arms and hands are outstretched to them, if uh, you know if they can't help themselves, themselves, then uh, you right. know it's uh, we've uh, I mean we've probably talked about this topic at least fifty times on disappearances, you know, and uh, the think tank that I do, a very small group on Sunday evenings. This is a very uh, common topic. So sure, so she's having all these issues. Uh, and she's uh, ends up, of course, living by herself again. Uh, I guess after she, uh, uh, I guess, had to leave your parents' house. Um, how did she? Of course, we have to remember she disappeared from Huntsville, Alabama, whereas a lot of this is taking place in Florida. How did she find her way to Huntsville, Alabama? Okay. Well, after you know she got out of you know the little program or whatever, and just. She just felt like, I remember her telling me, uh, you know, I just can't be in Florida anymore. You know, I, I can't be around these people. I'm trying to get clean. I don't want to do drugs anymore. I need mm. a new, you know, I need a new start. Okay. So that's when she basically um, 
you know, just left and she's decided I'm just going to go to Alabama. I believe she did have a friend out there um, mm -hmm. somewhere. I don't really remember the details of it. I just know that she left mm -hmm. um, and she, that was 2011. Okay. I want to say 2012, 2011, I think towards the middle of 2011 and she took off to Alabama and um, you know, that's where she, you know, Landed there, mm -hmm. got a job as a bartender, stayed with a couple friends. Um, I know mm -hmm. that she had met some guy up there, and I think they went to the courthouse and got married. Wow. However, that didn't last because, like I said, Brenda doesn't put mm -hmm. up with, you know, things from men. Uh -huh. um, she didn't, you know, she left him. Um, she didn't want anything to do with him. And from there, she just, I guess, had her own little place. And then she just started bartending and just meeting different mm. people. And you had told me that, uh, of course, we're going to get into this, uh, the, the, the final apartment complex here eventually. But you told me that uh, she was living in this little place, like, behind a gas station or something. Like, yes. In, like, you made it sound very um, simple. This, uh, you know, had the, the bare minimum of things. Right. It, it, right? That's where she was living before. Yeah, she, I believe it might have been the town called, uh, not, well, I don't, not really familiar with towns in Alabama, but I think mm. it was called Altoona. Huh. And all I remember is she gave us the address, and it's just, I don't know if you've ever been out to the country or, Anybody that listens knows, like, you know, in the country they have, like, these long, you know, dirt roads, dark roads, nothing but trees, and, you know, there's yeah. really no, you know, life existence, mm -hmm. you don't really see too many cars, but anyhow, she was living in this little, like, I want to call it, like, a little efficiency, but if you pass it, it was, like, an old, like, beat-up gas station. And when I pulled up there, me and my mom, I remember saying, we're in the wrong place. Like, she doesn't huh. live here. So when we get out of the car, we went to the back. And there it was. It was like a door and it was like a little efficiency that she was staying mm -hmm. in. But you would never know that anybody lived there. Oh, my. If you were just driving by, it just looked like like what you see on the movies. Like an yeah. old, you know, beat up gas station with the mm -hmm. Pepsi machine. Yeah. Yes. All, all that kind of thing. So yeah. that's where she was staying. Um, at that time, and mm. I did not expect to see her living yeah. in a place like that. I mean, the outside was bad, but, you know, her little place inside, you know, she had a little kitchen, a bathroom, a little room, um, her dog, but I didn't mm. even think that anybody lived there. Wow. And what do you, Lear, do you think this was that you went up there to see her uh, with your um, mother? Just a guess. This was in 2016. All right. So we're getting uh, a lot closer to the disappearance uh, date. Okay. Now, you'd also told me, even though that she was working up there, at some point she had quit her jobs and was not working, and in fact was not working at the time of her disappearance. Is that how you understand it? Yes. Okay. Right. She At first, when she was up there, um, she was working at two... Um, two bars well actually a bar and then she was working at a gentleman's club okay this is when she was living in that area um mm -hmm. in altoona mm -hmm. 
she was living there. And I don't know if I mentioned this to you before. I think I did. Then she was renting a room out of a trailer from some men that came into the bar that she worked at. Okay. So this was actually after the little efficiency. Oh, this was after the little efficiency. All right. So she went from there to living, renting out this trailer and then to the final place. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, But she quit these jobs at some point before her disappearance. Yes. Well, yeah, where she was, Mm -hmm. um, was about, I want to say maybe an hour from Huntsville. Mm-hmm. So she didn't have a car. Yeah. So she didn't have any, you know, means of transportation to get to work. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she she quit both both places she was working at. Okay. Now at some point though, and this is going to take us uh, directly into the disappearance itself. Uh, I guess when she was working at one of these places before uh, she quit these jobs, and we're only going to be using his first name for the purposes of, of this interview, but uh, I do know his last name, and um, uh, Carrie and I have talked about him extensively, but we're going to only talk about him with his first name and only the, concerning his connection to Brenda, that at some point while she was working in one of these bars, uh, Jim came in, and how do you understand uh, them meeting? Uh, what do you remember at the time? Um, well, I remember she, you know, called me and she was all excited, you know, and she was telling me that she had met this guy, you know, that he would come into her job after, you know, he would leave work. He had to pass the place that she was working and he, you know, every night he just, you know, he would come in. So, you know, I guess after some time, maybe like a week or so, to her, he became like a regular. He kept coming in every night, sitting at the bar and talking to her. Okay. So she was, you know, I remember, I do remember her calling me, telling me she was excited. She met this guy. She, you know, they're hitting it off, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, just telling me for a while, like he would just come in, have a few beers and, and leave. Okay. So she was, there was something about him in particular that, uh, caught her attention and um is it possibly uh because of course she was military and he was military too yes it might have been it might have been the connection there maybe he found out that she had right. been in the air force he right. was in the military and then that's something of course they could talk about right. all right that's what she liked about him that you know the fact that he would come in with his you know uniform and mm-hmm. you know brenda always had respect for people in the military and yeah um, I think that's what attracted, you know, okay. that, I think that's what the attraction was. At any time in, in these conversations, did Brenda uh, um, ever tell you that he was married? Or did you find that out after? Uh, no, she did tell me that she did tell me that he was married. Okay. She was always, Brenda was always upfront and honest. That's just her personality. Okay. She's very blunt, very honest. Okay, um, and she that did not bother her. What what was how did she explain that? I mean, how did you react to that when she told you and uh what did she have to say about that particular topic? Well, when she told me, I mean, I just kind of I didn't really agree with it. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. the simple fact that I mean, I'm married and I have kids and yeah. I wouldn't want my husband to be out there doing 
you know. Of course, it sounds like trouble. Sounds, sounds like trouble. Right. Sounds like, uh-oh, love right. triangle, which can lead to problems, of course. Exactly. So, you know, she would just say, you know, you know, I, I know he's married, but, you know, they're getting a divorce and he's not happy. And, mm -hmm. you know, she's like, I'm not saying, you know, I'm going to marry him or anything. You know, that was kind of her input on it. Like, there's okay. no harm done. You know, he's the one that's stepping out on her. Uh -huh. I'm just going along with the ride. Okay. Kind of thing. So she was, uh, she knew. Obviously, he told her. She tells you. And they have this, I guess, thing going on. And, and once again, to your knowledge, what Brenda told you, he had said that, yeah, I'm going to be leaving my wife. I'm going to be divorcing her. And I guess maybe leading Brenda to believe that maybe they they were going to be a couple. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Now, at some point, though, and maybe even to further this, um, your understanding is that he actually got a place for her. Of course, she's living, of course, living in this place that looked like a rundown gas station, and then she's living in this trailer with a couple guys, and I guess uh, the way we understand it, although we're going to get into the particulars of this later, that he found a place for her in Huntsville. Yes. Okay, right. and where is this place? Your understanding of what the address is, the apartment complex, what, what, what is it? Um, it's an apartment complex in Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama, the Overlook on Sparkman Drive. Okay, and in fact, you even have the apartment number. Um, maybe you can just tell the listeners what you believe the apartment number was. Um, it's 26E. Right. Uh, yeah, right? Is it is it apartment yes. 26E? Okay, yes. that's fine. Didn't mean to spring that on you like that. Um, okay, but she was... Um, your understanding is that he decided to move her into this place in Alabama, uh, Huntsville, Alabama, uh, apartment 26E at the apartment complex you just mentioned. And when do you remember this happen happening? Was this 2016? Was this 2017? What do you remember about um, it? The best you can I, do. I want to say that it, well, yeah, it had to, no, it was 2017. Okay. It was, yes, because I remember it was after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Yes, so it was right around the beginning of 2017. All I right. want to say either January or February. Okay, and we have to remember that she went missing in July, so she was in this place six months, let's say. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, while she was living there for those six months, and I think this is very, very important, did anybody you trust, I, I know you were never there to, to um, physically on the premises in Huntsville, Alabama, but anybody you know that you trust ever go visit her at that apartment complex? No. No. Um, you know, of course, letter writing isn't necessarily a thing in the 21st century anymore. But did anybody you trust, even yourself, ever get a letter from her, any correspondence from her, or anything like that, saying that she was at that particular address? No, now that I think about it, no. Okay. Never. But Okay, but on the other hand, you did do some FaceTiming with her, you told me, and that yes. she was at this place, and actually a couple of these times she actually showed you around the place. Yes. So she like with the, the, the camera. Yeah, she, 
she had called me one night and she was excited because she had gotten some new, um, you know, like a new end table or a coffee table. Mm-hmm. She just, you know, she wanted to show me her place. It was yeah. such a, and you know, something so much better than where, yeah. than where she was. It was sort of, um, it was a step up, a quite a few yes. steps up, right? From the gas station. Yes. So she was so excited. And nice. I, I remember sitting outside and her, you know, I was FaceTiming and her, this is my living room, this is my kitchen, this is my bedroom, mm-hmm. you know. So I do remember her showing me everything in her apartment. Okay. And, but we don't have, you don't have that video today in no. 2021. I don't know. Yeah, I wish but, I did. Yeah, I, I wish you did too. It'd probably be interesting to look at it. Uh, your understanding, being that she was showing you this place, and there was obviously furniture in it. Was it pre-furnished? You said she got a, a table or something. Or was that her furniture in that place? Um, well, you know, now that I think about it, it was, no, it was her furniture. Um, was. Because my sister, yes, she always had um, a bookshelf. Brenda loved books. She, she would read all the time, constantly. Um, so she had her favorite thing in the world was her bookshelf and her dog so mm-hmm. i remember her showing me her bookshelf um i did some new pieces of furniture that she got mm-hmm. um but i did see a lot of her you know of her things okay so once again then your understanding for example i guess the alternative scenario or i guess there are a couple alternative scenarios and trust me listeners this is all going to be very important later so just remember this of course there's things like aaron's rental rent a center or something like that you can rent furniture you know people can do that um in fact i almost did that in the place that i live now i was looking at a different place that wasn't furnished and i could have just rented the furniture whereas where i live now i actually rent but it's actually people who own the place's furniture so she could have been renting that furniture. Of course, maybe Jim could have got that furniture for her. But your understanding is it was actually Brenda's furniture. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. And so when you would FaceTime with her, I guess, like I said, uh, she was there for at least six months. Would you say that that was the best uh, you had seen of her as far as her demeanor, her attitude and everything, those FaceTiming, showing you around her apartment? Was that the best you'd seen her in years? Um, or what? No. no. She was still no, troubled, you not. think? Absolutely. Okay, yes. well, why don't you explain that a little bit before we move forward? Um, she just, you know, she, you know, would call me excited to show me, you know, the apartment. But on mm-hmm. the other hand, she was also, you know, so she was very lonely. She was very depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, she would, She was drinking a lot. She just wasn't happy, you know, and I remember telling her, Brenda, why don't you, you know, make any friends in the complex? And, you know, she didn't, she didn't have any friends or I would tell her, why don't you go take a walk outside, go walk your dog, you know, maybe try to have some interaction with people because I never, she never told me. And it's funny that you asked me that if I trust anybody that ever went over there, Mm -hmm. she never had anybody at her apartment. Mm-hmm. No, and I, now I'm I'm thinking, and I and I remember telling her, you don't have friends, you don't go nowhere. Do you take a walk? You need to get out of the apartment. You're just sitting in there, just being depressed. Yeah. So she was, yeah. yeah, wasn't. That was a very low point for her. Even okay. though I was glad to have her out of the other place, but she was very mm-hmm. lonely and. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember, maybe this should be brought up. This guy Jim 
who allegedly got this place for her and was paying for it, once again, allegedly, uh, he did not live in Huntsville. He did not actually live anywhere near there. No, he did not. No, he lived, uh, we're not, not going to give the city away, but like uh, an hour and a half away, as, we, as we've talked about. So he got her this place, but even he, you know, she's his girlfriend, even he's not close. No, he's, no, he wasn't. Okay. And I didn't realize the distance until, you know, mm -hmm. we kind of put it together. Yeah, we started uh, getting a little bit more into these uh, details of uh, addresses and locations and things like that, which, once again, the listeners are going to find out why this is all important very shortly. Okay, so your feeling in 2017, going into the summer of 2017, is that you were very worried about Brenda. Of course, she doesn't have a car. She doesn't have a job. It seems she has this guy who is, you know, she's kind of a kept woman, but, um, you know, she spends all the time alone, not a lot of interaction, you know, with anybody out there. So you were worried about her. Yes, I was. Okay. I was, I was very worried about her. Actually, at one point I even, you know, I even told her, you know, if you're so lonely, you know, because that's when she was saying, you know, I just don't want to be by myself. And, you know, I hesitated for a while because, you know, I was going through my own personal things um, at home. But I had told her, you know, hey, look, just just come just come down. Just come stay with me. Mm -hmm. um, she talked about it. She sounded excited about it. And then she just said, no, you know, I'm not going to go down there, you know. Mm -hmm. And she okay. never asked me again or she never, you know, brought it up mm -hmm. again or seemed interested. So I never brought it up again. Okay. How many times would you say that you FaceTimed with her in the six months that she uh, lived at that place? Approximately. Maybe just a few times, honestly. So maybe not, uh, even, not even once a month? No. Okay. No. Uh, in those conversations, did Jim's name come up? Did you talk about him? Um, yeah, she would, she would talk about him. Okay. Um, from time to time, um, I know at one point, you know, they were fighting a lot and, mm -hmm. um, you know, she didn't really want to tell me everything. I do mm -hmm. remember her telling me one time that, you know, he thinks I'm one of his, uh, soldiers <laughs> the way that he tries to talk to me. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And, um, Orders her around, I guess. He's the yes. general and she's the, uh, private. Yes. I remember her telling okay. me that, and okay. she's like, you know, he doesn't know that I'm just, you know, I'm not one of his soldiers. Like, she would tell me. She would. Okay. It's kind of like she wanted to tell me, but then she didn't want to tell me too much. Okay. Did you get any idea of how often Brenda and Jim would get together in any of those conversations? Did you ever get a feel for that? get together as far as him yeah coming over to the apartment or them going out on a date or them meeting halfway between where she where she's being kept i guess and where he lives any anything like that did you ever get any idea on that well he i know that he didn't come over and spend much time with her mm -hmm. i know what he did do was he would come over and he would just bring her alcohol cigarettes huh um stay for a little bit and then say he had to go Okay, that's what she told so, you. Yes. Okay. What was she doing for money? Um, she was 
she didn't really have money, um, he would, he basically, from what I understood, Mm-hmm. Right. Once again, we uh, the listeners and I understand you weren't there. You only know what Brenda's right. told you, and maybe what you've right. learned since then. We're going to get into that, but your understanding uh, regarding her money situation—that's that's all. That's the best we can do here. What is your understanding of her money situation? Um, just that he was providing for her. I don't think that he gave her like here's you know forty dollars. Go get your hair done, type of thing. You know, I just okay. think that. At that point, Brenda, like I said, she didn't have friends that visited her, now that okay. I think about that. Okay. She didn't go anywhere. She didn't have a job. So the only things that she needed basically were food, mm-hmm. her cigarettes, her alcohol. And, and mm-hmm. I know she, I remember her telling me that he will come over and bring her whatever, what she wanted. And those were the things that she wanted. She wasn't saying, okay. hey, you know, I want a new dress or, right. you know, hey, I want a new TV. As long as she had her dog or, you know, mm. her cigarettes, her drink and her movies and her books, that's all she did. She just stayed okay. in that apartment. Okay. And your understanding, speaking of the dog, is that the Overlook Apartments, you're allowed to have dogs there? That's your understanding? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's move up now. So these are the things that are going on in, in Brenda's life, the, as best as we can tell, as best as Carrie can tell. Once again, she's not there, but this is the, the best we can do. And maybe I should ask you this. Do you remember the last time you spoke to Brenda before she went missing? Actually, on the um, phone. We'll get into the emails and everything later, but right, it's on the phone, FaceTime, however you want to put it. Yep, I do. I remember speaking to her. It was June 21st of 2017. Mm. Okay. Um, she had called me because she apologized. She didn't call me on my birthday, which was the day before. Um, mm-hmm. But that was the last time I heard her voice was June 21st. Okay. So let's now move up to uh, roughly July 1st, 2017. I just have to ask you a general question about that. How sure are you, once again, it's over four years later, that that is actually the disappearance state. We'll get into the emails and everything later, but as far as her being in this apartment, her being there, seemingly, uh, or how sure are you about July 1st of 2017? Um, well, I mean, I... You can just I, give it a percentage, like 50% sure, 60%, what, what would you say? Well, I mean, I would say, I don't know, I know that it was the first week mm-hmm. of July, Okay. So I know that it had to have been before July 4th. So I want to say between July 1st and July 3rd. Okay. Is the day that she Okay. You know. All right. And okay. And when when did you or maybe someone in your family, once again somebody you trust, um figure out that maybe she wasn't in those apartments anymore that she was missing? How did that all come about? Um, well, I mean, she talked about, you know, now that I think about it back on messenger through Facebook, that she was, she wanted to move. She wanted to leave Alabama. Um, so I'll say probably, well, I knew she was leaving just from her telling me that, Mm -hmm. um, when I had a conversation with Jim, 
after the first week of July, I tried to call her phone and her phone was off. So I was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, where are you? Where'd you go? Mm -hmm. How are you doing? You know, I'm not even thinking four years later that I would be sitting here doing this. All right, of course. Nobody does. um, I I get it. Yeah. So I kind of let it ride a little bit. And then when she wasn't answering me, you know, of course, I didn't have a way to reach her. I didn't know who Mm -hmm. she supposedly left with. The only means of communication of finding anything out about her was through Jim. So I reached Mm -hmm. out to him. And that's when he told us that, you know, that she left. She told him she was leaving, Hmm. Um, you know, that he had seen her the day before. Okay. That he, um, you know, brought her some money. So she had Mm -hmm. money to leave. Okay. And um, so after he was telling me this, I'm like, well, I need to get a hold of her. She, you know, her phone's off. How, How can I get a hold of her? So let me ju- was, let me uh, just jump in here and ask you this, uh, Carrie. Uh, how was it that you reached him? I mean, did did Brenda give you his phone number? Did you just happen to have it, or how did you actually reach him? I mean, I know you knew his full name. Maybe that might have helped. And once again, we're not uh, doing his full name in this interview. But how was it that you were able to, able to contact him? I believe it was through Facebook. Okay, I yeah, believe he does have a Facebook through, page that that, could, yeah, that he does through, to this day. He does. Yes, it was through Messenger. Okay. Um, just, hey, you know, have you heard Brenda? You know, I had her phones off. I don't know where she went. You know, mm-hmm. what's going on? And and I didn't, you know, he told me that he would, you know, try to get a hold of her um, and that he would let me know. Okay. Um, so at the time, you know, I didn't really think much of it. I thought, okay, well, wherever she's going, maybe she's getting settled. Yeah. You know, she'll call me, maybe, you know, it might be a couple of weeks, maybe she has to pay to get her phone turned back on. So I didn't really, you know, think too much of right, it right away at that time. Okay. When you did reach Jim, you know, um, you know, I guess a few days, you know, once you couldn't reach her, did he ever say um, of course we have to remember. She allegedly has all this phone or furniture that she uh owns, has uh, she would have needed help to move out. Even myself, as many times as I've moved in my life, I need help. Um, did he ever say, well, so-and-so helped her move out? Who helped her? Did did Jim help her? Any Anything like that? Did he ever say anything like that? Did he have any idea? Did he bring it up? Anything? Who, who helped her? Did she rent a U-Haul? Anything like that? He, he always claimed to this day, too, that he mm-hmm. has no idea who helped her move out of there. Okay. Um, he couldn't give me a name. I've, you know, I've tried to ask, you know, yeah. think about friends that she might have had, you know, maybe men friends. Because Brenda always, you know, had more men friends than women, you know. Yeah. So, you know, and I told him, I'm like, well, think about, you know, what maybe some customers in the bar. He said he claimed that he never knew who she moved with. Nobody saw her move. Mm-hmm. Um. He has no idea. He didn't see a truck when he was there. He couldn't tell me anything. Okay. Just but he but on the other hand, he said he was over there the day before she moved out. Yes. And he mm-hmm. said that he gave her money and we'll get into the amount of the money later, but he said that she he actually gave her money. Yes. But on the other hand, he didn't know who helped her move out. Right. Okay. All right, so this is what's going on. Jim is telling you all these things. You're trying to reach her. She's not getting back to you. And then all of a sudden, 
Um, let's talk about, and, and, and if I may ask right now, Carrie, uh, these emails, I've gotten to see them. Would you allow me to post them so that the listeners can see them to read them? Is that okay, or how do you feel about that? No, that's fine. Okay, so before, so once, by the time the listeners uh, hear our voices, uh, I will have posted those emails so the listeners and viewers can see them for themselves. Uh, I'll post those in Facebook, uh, on the Unfound Podcast website, and elsewhere. Okay, so out of uh, nowhere, though, then you get these uh, emails, or at least one email, and it was forwarded through Jim. Why don't you talk about that now? Um, of course, we're not going to read the emails uh, word for word, but what dates were they? And we'll get into the email address. Um, when did this all happen? How did it happen? Okay, yeah, um, because I believe that I was I was supposed to send you the email that Jim sent to Brenda's email. Okay. He sent an email to her on July 20th. Okay. Okay, um, and again, this, I actually just found it, and I'll forward it okay. to you. Okay, thank but you. It, yes, Jim basically told her, hey, look, Brenda, you know, where, you know, where are you? You need to reach out to your family. If you don't reach out to somebody, they're going to put a missing um, person's report. And he said, based on our last conversation, I don't think you want that. Now, mm. I never honestly thought about mm. what that could mean until okay. today. But anyway, um, she, okay. then she responded back to him on, um, I think it was July. It was two days after that. Okay. She emailed him back and, mm -hmm. um, you know, basically just told him, you know, you know, I've only been gone a couple weeks. Why, mm -hmm. why is, you know, my family worried about me? And, you know, mm -hmm. she talked about a couple of things, which, you know, I'll send to you. Right. Um, and that okay. was that. So okay. he sent it to me, a copy of, you know, their mm -hmm. conversation. And I, thought, oh. yeah. I thought, okay, great. All right. Well, hey, I got an email. I guess I have to email her. So I made, I emailed her um, on July 25th, and then she emailed me back on the 27th for the first yeah. time. And this email address that, of course, everybody's going to see, I will just uh, say it right here. It's, it's bsica99 at gmail.com. So it's b-s-i-c-a-99 at gmail.com. Uh, had you ever seen that email address before? No. Okay. So she's missing, and then you're getting emails from her from an address that you had never seen before. I don't know how many times you and she emailed, but um, since she has gone missing, I'm sure other people have gotten to see these emails and that address. Has anybody ever come to you or said to you, oh, yeah, I corresponded with Brenda at that email address? Sure, that's, that's, yeah. No. Never? No. Okay. Nobody, nobody has. Okay. But you emailed uh, back and forth, and once again, we're not going to read the emails word for word because I will just post them so people can read them for yourselves, for themselves. Um, but you had a back and forth with her actually a couple times. Uh, did it sound like Brenda to you? Um, Lena, I, I I probably sat there and read these emails probably over fifty times in the last four years. Mm -hmm. Some of the you know, conversation or mm -hmm. things that she would say 
does sound like her, okay. but then some things don't. Okay. So I've always kind of been on the fence with that mm-hmm. because the more that I read them, the more that I start to notice different things okay. that I try to read them in her voice. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, I, I do. And it, something will tell me, you know, like, wait a minute, that, that didn't sound like something she would say. So I've always okay. kind of been suspicious about it. Sure. But at the time, you know, I was just happy to hear from her, you know? Okay. Um, of course, so of course. And you had a couple I, correspondences back and forth, but then, and we're going to get into at least a few of the details a little later, but uh, when was the last email you got from her? In fact, once again, the way I look at the exchanges is that she sent you an email, you sent her something back, she sent you an email, you wrote something back, and then she never responded again. It was like two times back and forth, and that was it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and when was the last time, uh, That what was the date of the last time you heard from her? Um, the last email that she sent was mm-hmm. August 16th. Wow. Um, of 2017. Okay. Responding to my email to her on August 7th. All right. So it took her all that time to respond to you, like 10 days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So now we're already talking. If it is, Brenda, we're already talking like 45 days after July 1st, after she moved out. Yes. Okay. We'll come back to the emails uh, in a little bit just to go over at least a few of the details. But once again, we're not going to read them word for word. Uh, what finally caused you or somebody else in your family to file a missing persons report for her? What was what was the final, I guess, the final straw? Um, well, you know, thinking back, August 2017 was the last, you know, time of the email. Um, <clears throat> I guess, you know, after August, um, I had had some um, personal issues going on. Um, you know, and my family at that time. Um, so I didn't really put so much thought into it. I thought, okay, two more weeks. I know she'll, she'll get back with me, Mm -hmm. you know, or, oh, I know the phone's going to ring in two more weeks. You know, in my mind, I'm like, let me just give her a break. Maybe she's even going to show up here. That's what I thought. You know, she's, she's just tricking me. She's, she's going to pop up. She's going to take a plane. You know, that's what was yep. going through my head as I'm dealing very with, common. you know. Very, very yeah, common feeling. Um, very common in missing persons right. cases. Very common. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I double thought about it. I'm like, no, I'm just being paranoid. She's fine. She's going to show up. She's going to pop up. going to call me. So uh, fast forward to that. Um, so this is August, let's say September. Um, then we have October. You know, then I'm sitting here thinking, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Now we're in October. It's like the yeah. time just went by so quick. Yeah. Um, I tried again to um, email her, and I wasn't getting a response. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, because at that time, I thought, hey, you know, maybe I'll go out and see her. That's what it was. Yeah. Now I remember I wanted to go surprise her. Okay. Um. Nothing. I didn't hear anything. I was calling her phone. I wasn't getting anything. So me and my mom were like, well, why isn't she at least calling me? You know, I wonder what happened to her dog. You know, mm-hmm. she sounded, you know, like she was going to call me or come see me. Yeah. So here we are a few months later. So finally in November, um, after just so many emails to her and no response, I filed the missing mm-hmm. persons report. 
And I should ask that, and something maybe we kind of left out, my fault, is that it very well could be one of the reasons she was thinking about moving out is that Jim was getting, I guess, maybe called back into the military to be deployed. And so she thought this was as good a time as any to take off herself. Yes. Okay. That's what she told me, that he was leaving. She didn't want to stay in Alabama by herself. And okay. I, that he had to go. He okay. Was we we kind of... Kind of did not uh, mention that. Okay, and so during those two months, uh, maybe from August, that last email until October, did you have any correspondence with Jim? Did he know that you were trying to contact Brenda and couldn't reach her? Did he know that? Um. Yes. Okay, did he have yes. any comment on that of why that would be? Was he worried? Anything? Um. I just remember him, you know, contacting me, you know, it would take him a few days, um, mm-hmm. you know, just saying, you know, that, you know, he wouldn't be concerned at this point, just give it time or, um, you know, she'll come around or I don't really know, you know, where she is. Um, he didn't really seem so concerned at the time. Mm-hmm. That I remember, I mean, honestly, okay. now I feel like going back on my messages and just looking at Right. Looking for those answers that you're that you're asking me. Yeah. I'm um, just asking for your impressions of, you know, if you right. did correspond with them. Of course, you're worried. Your family's worried. He's the one right. that was having a relationship with her. Uh, was he concerned that you were trying to contact her? And um, like I said, sometimes it felt like he was. Mm-hmm. But then other times, you know, it'd be like, well, she'll come around, or you know, mm-hmm. the only thing I can do is email her. Um, I didn't have a lot of communication with him at that time that I remember. Okay. Um, but that was, like I said, when I filed the report in November. However, then I did tell him, you know, hey, look, you know, I, I put a missing person report. I haven't heard from her. She's not responding to me. Um, it took him a while to get back with me because he was, you know, in a different time zone, I believe. Um, I'll have to check back on my messages Okay. Just to make sure. But from what I remember, it wasn't often that he was communicating with me. Okay. So once you filed the missing persons for it, did you file that in Huntsville, Alabama? Yes. Okay. I and what did, yeah. what did they do? Um, of course, I'm sure you told them the whole situation, that she was living in that apartment complex, and it was being paid for by Jim, who was actually married to another woman. I'm sure that came up. What did the police did? Did they talk to Jim? Did they go to that complex? You know, as far as you understand it, um, what did they do? Well, when I initially, you know, filed the report, I do remember speaking with the with the investigator. Um, it seemed like at first, you know, because she is an adult, she has the right to go missing type of thing. Yeah. Um, but after him talking to me and asking me questions and me telling him that my sister would never not just disappear and not call me. It might be a week, it might be two weeks, but it would never be, let's see, from July to November. Okay. You know, like I convinced him that there's something wrong. Okay. So he took an interest and he started asking me questions and I told him about Jim. You know, he wanted to know who was the last person to see her. And the last person to see her is Jim. Yeah, so, the day before. Right. Unless there was somebody else who helped her move out, of course. Right, which we don't know who that person is. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, so he'd started asking me that. He was like, well, you know, who was the last person to see her? So I had to tell him the whole story about, you know, about Jim and, you know, her relationship with him and, you know, everything Mm -hmm. that he asked me, I had to answer the questions. And so, you know, he told me that he would try to help me. Um, He went to the Overlook Apartments. Um, He went to the management's office. He spoke with them. He told them that he needed to go check, you know, on this apartment mm-hmm. just to clarify that there was that she wasn't there. Okay. Uh, so they let him in the apartment, and I remember him telling me that, um, you know, hey, look, I went. You know, it was empty. The only thing that was left was like, you know, like a desk or something. Um, he's like, but it definitely looked like somebody, you know, moved out. You know, like she's not okay. there. There's nobody in that apartment. But we have to remember this is like. Four months later, five months, you know, five months later, very well could be that, you know, somebody could have gone in and just taken all of that stuff out. It is a possibility. Right. Uh, you know, if somebody just walked out without leaving their stuff there, the apartment complex might have said, okay, well, we'll I guess we're going to have to move this stuff out. Okay. But he goes in there and there's just very little in that apartment. Right. Okay. Yes. There's the, no, actually, he said the only thing left in there was like a desk, like, I guess her desk or a piece of furniture. I, I recall it being a desk. It might have been a nightstand, but okay. I don't remember. It was one of the two. But he said there was absolutely nothing in there. Okay. Do you, to your knowledge, do, could this investigator find anybody who remembered Brenda moving out? No. He asked, you know, as many people, I guess, as he mm-hmm. saw. Yeah. You know, hey, you know, let me ask you a question. Do you remember... And nobody seen anything, nobody re- recalls a U-Haul, and nobody recalls, you know, somebody moving out. Hmm. Nobody, you couldn't get anybody to, you know, talk to him and say, oh, yeah, you know, I knew Brenda. Oh, yeah, I, I think I seen her move out. Nobody, that, anybody that he talked to could not verify that they seen her. All right, so even though, uh, just to kind of put this in a nutshell, and this is maybe now why the listeners know we talked so much about this before, is that she allegedly moved into the Overlook Apartments in January or February. She's there six months, but when the police, of course, granted it was a few, you know, four months after she went missing, not one person in that complex remembered her, and nobody saw her move out. That's correct. That's the way you understand it over four years later. Yes. yes. Okay. All right. Uh, what else did uh, the 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 police do? Did they do, for example, did they do like a social security number check to see if uh, her social security number had been used? And did they go talk to Jim? And you know, do you have any idea what he told them? Um, I know that the investigator told me that um, you know he checked social security. I. I don't know. I would imagine he would he would have had to to maybe look her up in the system. Um, I know that he's you know he told me that he tried to check for her having any utilities, any warrants for her arrest, you know, any if she was arrested anywhere, you know, things of that nature. Um, he did tell me that he did talk to Jim, that they did have to you know interview him because he is the last person to see her. Of course. Um, you know, the investigator never really went into detail with me about what mm-hmm. what they talked about. Okay. Um, and I know, I didn't know this till after probably about six months that he actually interviewed him twice. 
Okay. Um, I don't know, maybe if some other information came in, you know, from somebody and they called him back in, maybe they forgot to ask him something. I'm really not sure okay. why they okay. asked him again. And I don't know if it's confidentiality, but, you know, the investigator d didn't really ever talk to me about what was what he talked about. He just basically said, you know, we asked him the questions that we're supposed to ask mm -hmm. him. Um, I do know that after the second time, now that I think about this, you know, you're getting my memory going. Um, That's my job. <laughs> yeah, that he was, Jim was upset um, because he felt interrogated. Like, I remember, and I could probably find the message. He was upset. He, he messaged me and said, you know, I'm having them call me back in there and asking me questions about mm -hmm. Brenda. I don't appreciate this, you know. Mm -hmm. So my understanding, what I took from that was, you know, maybe they upset him yeah. or he was upset that he had to be questioned again. Okay. Um, I Now I do remember him, you know, telling me okay. that. And I said, look, you know, you were the last person to see her. So they're, they're doing what they have to if, do. Yeah, it's one of those things, Jim, we're not saying anything. But if you have any other people that you think the police should talk to, name them. Right. You know, you're the one that was in a relationship with her. If you, you know, if you have any ideas of other people the police should talk to, you should tell them. Right. Maybe you know? that's what it was about. But Maybe. like I said, now you got me thinking. I don't. The investigator really didn't share with me. Yeah, what they, they're not. About. I and that's common. That's you know, to. you know that's common. I wouldn't give the 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 person a too hard of a time, but um, right. okay. But your knowledge, they did talk to Jim. They talked to him twice. Uh, obviously, yes. he thought he had said enough the first time around. Right. Uh, he seemed bothered by it. You know, he's of course claiming, and we're not saying he did anything. Of course. But they went and talked to him twice, and he was upset about the second time. It was like, well, I already told him all, everything I had to, I, I know the first time around. Okay. Yep. All right. So the investigator, I guess, does the best uh, he or she can. And, of course, there's no signs that there was any uh, foul play here. But, on the other hand, we have these issues that you'd think would be fairly clear-cut about somebody moving out and things, and they aren't. All right, let's uh, talk a little bit about Jim and some of the um, things that have come up. We've kind of already mentioned them, but we're going to get into them in a little more detail regarding uh, that time right before she went missing until a couple months months after she went missing. Um, remember, uh, listeners remember, you said that Jim had given her a little bit of money the day before that she was moving out. Actually, how much money was it? Um, he had given her $5,000. That's what he told you? Yes. Okay, and why, uh, why that much? Um. Any ideas? I didn't really directly come out and say, why 5000 why mm -hmm. not two? why not 10 Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, it just sounded to me like, um, you know, she was leaving and, you know, she needed money. Um, I don't know if that's just the number she asked him for. And he was like, okay, I'll give it to you. Um, I know that it mm -hmm. was cash. So it's not like he wrote a check. Um, he claims it was cash that he gave her. Wow. Just $5,000 in $100 bills. Yes. That's what he says. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And she didn't have a checking account or a bank account, right? No. All right. Didn't. So that's the only way she would have been able to 
uh, do anything with that unless she, he, he gave her a personal check and she could go to one of these, I don't know, payday loan places or something, but they're going to take a percentage, you know, right. so she wouldn't get the whole 5000 So um, he's claiming he just up and gave her $5,000. She says she's moving out and he's more than happy to give her $5,000 to do it. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. But he also told you that... Once Brenda moved out, that wasn't the end of him paying on this apartment, correct? Is that what he told you? Yes. So he kept paying even though she moved out. How how many months does he say that uh, he did that and why did he do that? Once again, what did Um, he say? He he told me, um, like after in the beginning, I don't remember what month it was, that you know, he was going to continue paying on the apartment. Um, I do remember at one point him telling me that he paid it up to a year. Okay. okay. He told me they paid it up to a year. Mm-hmm. Um, reason being, he said he did it is just in case she wanted to come back. Um, however, mm-hmm. the other day I asked him again, you know, yeah. how long did you, you know, how long do you have that apartment for her again? He told me he paid it up to three months. Three months after her disappearance. Right. All right, so let's just say to October, which would still be short of a year if you are correct that she moved in there in January, February. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's still another six months, let's say. And now he's saying it was just an additional three months that he paid. And he actually stated he did that because in case she came back. Right, okay. that's what he said. All right, well... Is that implying that he he knows where she went? And we'll get into the emails because that's she says something in the emails. But is he then implying that he knows where she went, or or what? What do you think? Um, I never really, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't say it like I I know where she okay. went. I didn't get that impression. Okay. You know the way that he said it. It was just kind of like, well, you know, I left it open for her, you know, just in case she decides to come back. Okay. And she'll have a place to go. I'm just going to leave right. it. I'm going to pay on it for her. Okay. That's basically how he said it. Maybe this is uh, exactly what he thought. He was thinking, there's no way she's going to move somewhere and be able to live on her own. You know, she doesn't have a job. She doesn't have a car. Right. She'll be back in right. no time. Very possible. Very, uh, as the listeners should know, very possible. Mm-hmm. You know, it's no different maybe than uh, parents who have a son or daughter uh, wants to move out and they have no confidence that he's, he or she's going to be li- able to live on his or her own so they right. don't change his bedroom or anything. You know, we're just going to exactly. keep it this. We're not going to turn it into our, our you know, we're not going to, you know, father's not going to be able to turn it into his man cave just yet. Right. We're exactly. going to leave it here for a while in case he comes back. Okay, and that's totally pot. I know it's a little jokey-jokey there, but just as a, a lighter-hearted example. So it's certainly possible. I, I, in fact, I would have to say when I moved out of my parents' house in 1998, they probably thought I would come back too. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So he kept paying for a few months. Obviously, Brenda did not um, come back. And of course, she, he gave her $5,000. I mean, that would seem that she would maybe be able to live on her own uh, with that amount of money for longer than that. But okay. All right. Let's move. Let's talk a little bit more about this email address, just the address itself. You had never seen this email address before. Has Jim ever explained where he got this email address of bsica99 at gmail.com, being that you had never seen it any uh, before, nobody else had seen it before. Uh, 
you know, did you ever say to him, you know, I've never seen this email address before. Where did he get it? You know, no, I, I never questioned it. And I, I just figured maybe they could, I guess at the time, maybe I, th I was thinking that's how they communicated just so the wife didn't, you know, maybe they couldn't communicate, <clears throat> excuse me, in the beginning through the phone. Maybe, you know, this was just her email address. Okay. But I never knew she had it. But no, actually, to the point, and I never thought to okay. to bring it up to them. To All right, be him. because the way I understand it is that, of course, you're saying you can't reach her, and then somehow he's able to reach her. And I guess, being that she responded at that email, that must have been the way he emailed her. He had that address. Right. I guess. Yes. Now, what's interesting, the listeners should know that I've done a search to, for uh, bsica99 at gmail.com. It comes up nowhere. I'm not saying it's not a real Google uh, email address. It is. But with some of the databases we use for the program, I've been able to find many email addresses that are connected to Brenda Sika over many years, but this is not one of them. I don't know who, it very well could be Brenda, there could be a quirk in the system, a lot of different possibilities that are, that are not suspicious at all. But I just want everybody to know that um, I tried to find all of Brenda's, Sika's email addresses, and I found several. This was not one of them. So, and I couldn't even uh, find out um, how long it had existed, uh, who even started it. I was unable to do that so far to the time of this interview, which is September 3rd, 2021. So maybe this was like a secret email address, you know, for correspondence between the two of them. Maybe that was it. Okay. Um, and I'm sure his listeners are going to look that up for themselves. Let's talk a little bit about her phone. Did she have a cell phone? Uh, was it pinged? Do we have any records regarding it? Um, she had a cell phone. It was a it was a prepaid phone. Um, I, re I I do remember really trying to drill the investigator really hard on getting records or trying to you know find out you know maybe go to the phone company. I mean you yeah. know yeah. demand you know get a subpoena for her phone records. Yeah. My understanding from that was that since it was a prepaid phone, there was no way to trace it's anything. That's mostly phone. true. I I can't yeah. argue with that. But I think I, what I want to ask you about this, just to be very clear, is that people can have like what we would call regular, you know, uh, like I have a, what do I have now? I have an LG uh, phone now. Uh, of course, a lot of people have iPhones and Samsungs and everything else. And you can have those very, you know, common phones and still have a plan where you pay as you go. It's not a regular plan like T-Mobile or something. But what, so there is a difference between that kind of situation and maybe the other situation where it is the phone is actually connected to the plan. So what kind of, once again, what kind of phone did she have? Did she have an Android phone, an iPhone, or was it one of these, what we used to call back in the day, one of these track phones? What, what? I, I believe it was probably one of the track phones. Mm -hmm. So it um, didn't, you couldn't like download apps to it and, and all of those things or what, what do you think? I mean, she FaceTimed well, with it. Yeah, she FaceTime with it, and mm. you know I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know it wasn't an iPhone. 
it might have been an Android, but I know that everything was prepaid. Like she, mm-hmm. you know, she would run out of time. You know, it would say this customer cannot be reached. Um, mm-hmm. She was always putting money on the phone. Okay. Um, but I can't, honestly, I, I don't know. I know it wasn't an iPhone. I know she had FaceTime, and I guess she must have had her Facebook on there. So I'm thinking okay. it was an Android phone. Okay. All right. And um, that occurs with uh, something, but I'm not going to, I don't want to talk about it in this interview right now because that would be a private conversation. Okay. So, really, when it comes to phone information, not helpful. Not even a ping. Ping in Huntsville, Alabama, or anywhere else? Um, well, actually, you know, the investigator said that the last place that he can ping the phone to mm-hmm. yeah. was Alabama. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, at least he did that. Uh, was he, did he say where in Alabama? Um, you know, I don't really remember okay. where. Okay, that might be uh, something you maybe want to ask him. If he's willing to tell you, that is, uh, Alabama's a big state. Uh, you know, it yeah. may be interesting to know well, if it pinged in Alabama, was it in Huntsville or was it in the city where Jim I, I, lived? Yeah, or? I want to say, well... I don't know. I want to say I remember it being maybe somewhere local where she, where she was. I'm not a hundred percent sure, um, because I would think if it was pinned at you know at an area where she you know on the other side of Alabama, I think maybe that would have caught his eye. Um, yeah, right. But then again, I'm not sure. This is a question. I guess I'll have to okay. go back. All right. Ask, we... I'm just taking his word for it. Like oh, I... I looked. You know, he didn't really tell me anything except that, you know, it was around okay. where she was. So okay. maybe it was Huntsville, maybe it was back at the bar she worked at. I'm, I'm going to have to ask him on okay. that. Okay, I think, you, I think, yeah, it would be nice to be able to narrow that down a little bit more. And of course, um, being that this disappearance is just over four years old, it's still very possible. Okay, I... Um, you know, to get phone records, if you could get them. I know even for me, a while ago, a few years ago, I had to go back and get, for some reason I can't remember now, uh, I have T-Mobile. I had to go back to like 2012 or something. For some reason, I wanted to take a look at some phone records from years ago of mine, and I was able to get them. You know, you have to do some special stuff to get them, but you can get them. So being that this disappearance is just over four years old, if those records still exist, pings and things like that, they might still be able to be accessed, even though I understand the pay-as-you-go uh, issue is going to be a problem. Okay, let's um, get more into these emails. Once again, we're not going to read them word for word. But she she mentions Wyoming. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Um, well, yeah, that kind of came to, as a shock to me as well. Um, and you know, in the previous email, I was just, you know, asking her, Hey, where are you? You know, I did think I did say Montana, I believe it says it there. You're in Montana, Alaska, like, you know, where the hell are you? You know? Um, and then she came back and she, you know, she said, I'm in Wyoming. Um, I guess I was, I was, I was surprised in the aspect because I just didn't think she would go that far. Mm-hmm. You know, because now in my head, I'm like, wait a minute, how did you get there? Did you drive? You know, I thought all the same things. Where's your stuff? Who drove you? That's a long, you know, a long yeah, ways. Right. 
And then on the other side, you know, since Brenda, when she was in the Air Force, was stationed in Montana, I didn't think it was out of her character if she wanted to move somewhere. I, mm-hmm. you know, I could see her living out, you know, in the Midwest, in the country, um, or like a more quiet, smaller town. Um, I was a little surprised, though, okay. when she said that. All right. We have to remember... We're not sure if Brenda wrote those emails or not. Uh, we just have to remember, this is very common. Uh, we've run into other situations with other disappearances, people pretending to be the missing person using that person's email account. Com- I wouldn't say it's common, but it's enough that it you know gives me pause every time something like this happens. We just have to remember, these were all emails. You never did talk to her after July 1st, 2017. You never heard her voice, which would be proof that she was still alive, if you could have a conversation with her. It was just these emails. But she does mention Wyoming. I checked into that. There's no record of a Brenda Sika ever living in Wyoming or anywhere else, for that matter, after uh, July of 2017. Just so the listeners know, but that was one of the things that was contained in the email. She also talked about her dog, and in fact, your mother... What did your mother do um, regarding... Uh, Brenda talked about how her, how her dog was, had cancer. What did your mother do? Well, because, okay, in one of the emails, um, Brenda had mentioned that she was in town taking her dog to the vet. Now, we know that her dog was sick, you know, prior to her, you know, when she went missing. Um, my mom, you know, then I had the idea, maybe we can call around to the vets and ask them if Brenda has been in there with the dog because this way we can get an idea of maybe where in Wyoming she's at right or where you know the surrounding area so my mom she did she she you know got on the internet and she looked up um she honestly called over 150 vets from the border between um Montana Mm -hmm. and Wyoming yeah and Every phone call she made, told them the story, you know, as quickly as she could. Yeah. Everybody, no, there's nobody came in with that name. We're sorry. We hope you can find your daughter. Then we thought, okay, well, maybe she went under a different name. So then we had them check her dog's name and her name, just to be sure. And nobody, no vet out of over the 150 vets that she's called, said that there was anybody that came in with that name and her dog. Would you, uh, what kind of dog did she have? Um, it and was what, a mixed dog. I'm not sure what, you know, okay. what type of dog it was. Um, her dog's name was Bowie. Mm-hmm. It was a little black dog um, with mm-hmm. a little white face, it had like white patches. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she loved that dog more than anything. Okay. That was her that was her everything. I have to admit, I wouldn't have even guessed that there were at least even 100 veterinarians in Wyoming, but your mother called all of them. Yes, she did. She mm-hmm. absolutely did. She called, you know, like I said, from the border, Montana, mm-hmm. um, all the way into Wyoming. All the way um, down to Colorado. Yeah, she <laughs> called, and she did. She spent all day doing that. She would, you know, spend from mm-hmm. the morning. It's a great idea. Very, um, yeah. very creative to try that obviously it didn't work but that is uh that's a good way to go about this though if somebody's gonna 
mention something in an email like that, then I think it's something, you know, it's a path of inquiry. Okay, so nothing right. there. Uh, I know I already asked you if uh, these emails sound like Brenda, and you were kind of like 50-50. Some things sound like her, some things don't. Uh, but I will just bring out uh, up one particular uh, po uh, part. Uh, she called you, or uh, I think Sissy, S-I-S-S-Y, I'm guessing that's short for sister. Is that uh, Was that a common reference between you and her, something that she yes. would say? Yes. Okay. She, that's how she would refer to me, you know, to Jim, mm -hmm. to her friends, people she would introduce me to, or mm -hmm. if I would call her. Um, yeah, so that, that yes, she would oh. refer to me as Sissy. Okay, yes. but I guess what you're also saying is other people would have known that? Yes. Okay. Definitely. All right, so it could be that somebody who knew that she called you that then could pretend to be her and use that. In, yes. con in contrast to this just being a like a secret nickname between the two of you, you know, sometimes right. that's sisters that's and brothers. I have two brothers and a sister. I, I know a little bit about that. You know, you might call each other by names that, and I don't mean necessarily swear names, but names that maybe not used in public right. sometimes. But you, this is your impression is that other people would have known this? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Now let's move on to this, and this is maybe even where this disappearance gets even a little more complex, is that we're going to talk a little bit more, uh, of course Brenda is the topic of this whole episode, but um, maybe, a little, maybe a couple things about her that are particular to her, but I have it in my, right there in the outline, I had it in my notes, that she has experience though changing her name. Why don't you explain that? Um, yeah. Brenda changed her her name. Um, her name was Brenda Seymour. I'll just tell you real quickly. Seymour, that name never really had a meaning to her. It was my mom's um, first husband. Mm -hmm. That was his last name. Um, so when my mom adopted us, adopted her, and she, you know she met somebody and they got married. That's where Seymour came in. Um, mm -hmm. So. My mom actually, you know, he ended up not being a very nice man, and my mom left him when we were younger. And my sister always hated that name. So in 2001, she decided that, you know, she didn't want that name anymore. So she changed her name to Sika, which is our mom's maiden name. She officially did it, like went to the courthouse yes. or whatever you have to do. Yes. And just like... Uh, like famous people change their names and get it legally changed, like uh, Gordon Sumner became Sting. Uh, that something like that. Yes, it was right. a legal, yeah, a legal okay. name change. Okay, so she does, and of course we're always talking about this in disappearances: people changing their identities, people changing their names. What are the odds that somebody really did leave his or her life and change their name? Brenda already had experience in her adult life doing this. Right. All right, so. Conceivably, you know, we don't theorize too much, but I guess this leaves open to the idea that, yeah, she really did move out and changed her name again. Right. It, it could be possible. And, and yes. especially since she has experience doing this before. Okay. Um, so Brenda Sika could be someone else now. And if she could change her last name, maybe she could change her first name. Okay. We just have to be open to that, even though maybe some of the things we've 
talked about could point us in a different direction. Uh, I know we know that Jim got talked to. Do you, to your knowledge, did uh, the investigators speak to any other men who could have been in Brenda's life? For example, you know, she had this ex-husband, maybe guys that would go to one of the bars that she used to work at before she quit her jobs. Um, anybody else who maybe could have helped her move out? Do you know anything about any of that? Um, no, I don't believe that he talked to anybody. Um, the only person that, you know, he was interested in talking to was, was Jim. Um, I mean, I've asked him, you know, to, to talk to certain people that I thought maybe had information. Um, but that's just not what he does. He's willing to talk to anybody that will call right. him, but he's not going to make, you know, he's not going to just start calling people. Right. He, you know, to him, it was just, like I said, you know, she's an adult. Yeah. She disappeared on her own. Um, there's really not much that I can do unless you give me details of, you know, somebody that might know where she is, if she's, you know, in any danger. The only person that they that they interviewed was Jim. Okay. Now, this uh, is not in the outline. I forgot to put it in here, but I know that you know this topic uh, very well because we did talk about it in a prior conversation. Uh, another thing that complicates all of this, if she did rent a U-Haul and did move her stuff out, did Brenda have a driver's license? Um... Yes. She did? Do you I, think it was I, do you think it was current? She didn't have a uh, car. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? I know she's had one in the past, mm -hmm. but it very well could have expired. Okay. I don't, I, I don't I don't know. Because I'm thinking uh would do you think that she being that she's from Florida, do you think that she would have had a Florida driver's license? If when she had one, do you think it was from Florida? Yes. Okay, because they expire every 10 years. You have to go in, and, and I, in fact, I just had to do mine uh, recently. I'm coming up on my 10-year anniversary here. So it, unless she did that, it would have expired at some point. You know, um, and being, you know, when was the last time, once again, the way you remember, when was the last time she owned a car? Um, you know, it's funny because my husband just asked me this the other night. Because when Brenda left to go mm -hmm. to Alabama, he goes, well, how do you think she got there? She had a car. Hmm. And I just, I don't remember where she got the car from. You know what I mean? I don't, yeah. I, I just, I can't remember that. Maybe that's something that I should ask my mom. Um, mm -hmm. I know, like, I don't remember what car it was, but now that I said you got my memory working, um, <laughs> Something happened to the car when she got there. I think it broke down. I don't know mm. if she sold it, but, you know, my husband pointed out to me the other day, he goes, how do you think she got to Alabama? Because I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't thinking, you know. Mm -hmm. I guess okay. I just didn't put much thought into it. But, yeah, she had a car. I don't remember who she got it from. And like I said, I think it broke down when she got up there, and I think she might have sold it. Right. But just after that, I know that she didn't have... Okay. Just to remind, remind everybody, uh, when did she move from Florida to Alabama? Approximately the year. Um, it was 2011. All right. So she had a car six years before she went missing and some, and something happened to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 
And as I explained to you, the way I look at these things, listeners, is that my experience tells me ha- uh, that having been worked in the car business way back in the 1990s, that, is that when people don't have cars, the odds of them re-upping their driver's license and everything goes down quite a bit because they, they never use it. So it, it very well could be that if her license expired sometime between t- 2011 and 2017, there is at least a chance that she did not renew it you know, in Alabama to get an Alabama driver's license. So, and that would be something that the, and actually the investigator would be able to research, by the way, if you wanted to bring that up with him. Right. So, uh, that might complicate the idea of her actually renting a U-Haul to move with all of her stuff because you can't rent anything without a driver's license. You can't do it. Right. So. Or a credit card. Yeah, or a credit card, right. Well, if she had cash, maybe, maybe they'll take cash or, uh. You know, a cashier's check, you could get a, maybe, um, you know, go to a 7-Eleven and get a money order made or something. They'll take that. But the driver's license is an absolute imperative. They're not going to, you know, rent to somebody who doesn't even have a driver's license. That's a disaster. Okay. Now, here's where I I, I suppose I'm going to talk a little bit. You can take a break for a a couple moments here, Carrie, is that uh, I've been working on this very diligently, Brenda's disappearance, uh, for a few weeks now. Um, and there's a weird fact, uh, that I discovered and I'm fully open to the idea that, you know, there could be a quirk in the databases that we use. And I'm always open to that. These databases are not 100%. I know that. In fact, they're probably not even 99%. They're more like 95 or 92, 90%. But I, um, looked up the address as we talked about very early in this conversation, for 1500 Sparkman Northwest Road in Huntsville, Alabama, in the Overlook or the yeah the Overlook apartment complex, uh, apartment 26E, and I was able to find residents in that apartment going way back to like the early 90s, if not the 1980s. You know, and you can see these people. This person lived there from this year to this year, this year. You you can almost fill in the entire timeline of like 25 years of, um, you know, people who have lived in that complex, almost back to back to back to back to back to back. There is no record that Brenda Sika ever lived in that apartment complex. That is true. Once again, I am open to the idea that there's just something weird going on there and it's completely harmless. But I could find nothing connecting Brenda Sika to that apartment complex. In addition, I could not find anything connecting Jim with his last name to that particular apartment either. So you might understand, well, she's not paying the rent. Her name's not on the lease. He bought that for on and on and on. But his name isn't connected to that address at all. In fact, I could not find an address at all to connect Jim to any address in Huntsville, Alabama at all. So this is something that I've passed on to Carrie. This is why early in the conversation we can now reveal that it's very important to understand that she said she was living in that apartment complex. She FaceTimed with Carrie on that, but still nobody we trust or Carrie trusts ever went there and actually went into her apartment to see that she actually lived there. And then you add on top of the fact there's no record of her ever living in there. 
it's a big question mark. It's it's really weird. And I should say that it seems, once again, to the records that I could find, that anybody living in that apartment complex ended in about 2015. So I've not been able to find anybody who lived in that apartment complex after Brenda lived in it either, from like 2018, 2019, 2020. It's weird. I, I have no uh, explanation for it, even after five years of doing stuff like this. So, And Carrie knows all of this. Um, this is just something I think we'll have to continue to keep an eye on. Um, and of course you still are in contact with Jim, correct? Carrie? Yes. Yes, I am. Yeah. And, um, have you had a chance to ask him or tell him about that yet? And has he responded to that? Um, no, I, I, he, I haven't had a chance to, um, okay. I, I, I've asked him, Yeah. you know, this was the, you know, the Overlook Apartments. You right. Know, and he said yes. Um, he didn't really give me much detail. Okay. Um, he, you know, sometimes would ignore my messages, get back right. with me a couple of days, short answer me. Right. Um, but, you know, he did say that's where the apartment was. Okay. So just to go through that all again for the listeners, we have no record of uh, at least we've been able to find in any public database that is, that is accessible on the internet to show that Brenda is connected to 26E or Jim is connected to 26E. In addition, we can find no one, seeing the investigators or anybody else, is able to find anybody who remembers Brenda being in that apartment complex. We also don't know who could have helped her move out of that apartment complex because it was empty. Somebody moved that stuff out with her. So... It does make you wonder. One, any one of those things maybe is a little, you know, maybe can be explained away. But you put it all together and, and you just got to start wondering, you know, what exactly was going on there. But I'll leave that up to the listeners. Once again, the listeners will theorize about that themselves. I'm sure they're probably going to look it up just to see that I'm telling the truth, too, as far as 26E. And, yes, it is true, Carrie, you still have a, a, a contact with Jim to this day. Yes, I do. Okay, and I think that's good. We're not saying Jim had anything to do with this. It just seems like there's a lot of stuff that should be known that isn't known. And, you know, it would be nice, for example, if we could have found some records. Oh, yeah, she did live in there, you know, for the six months. Nothing. Now, here's the big question. We have to remember that uh, what Brenda told you, uh, she said that Jim was going to be leaving his wife. Is he still married to his wife? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Maybe even a bigger question. Does he now have another mistress? Yes, he does. Okay. And you've talked to her. I've seen those messages. We're not going to say what her name is, but uh, do you have any idea when this new woman came into Jim's life, you've spoken to her, what does she say? What does she say, uh, if you can say, about Brenda, did she know that when she first met Jim that a former girlfriend disappeared, that he had been dating? Did she know that? What has she said? And please do not mention her name. Um, she told me that they got together in 2018. Um, mm. All that time, she did mention to me that he never mentioned... Um, Brenda's disappearance until probably um, 
maybe six months or five months after she disappeared. Like, he didn't tell her anything right away. Okay, but they didn't meet till I, 2018. Um, so you're saying he they knew each other for six months before he brought that up? Right. They okay. were dating six okay. months. Okay. Right. All right. Um, and yes, you have uh, correspondence with this woman as well. Once again, we're not even going to mention uh, her first name. And uh, frankly, she's told you a lot. I'm not sure personally how much I am personally myself am supposed to believe, but it sounds in a way she's trying to be helpful. Uh, but we also have to remember, it seems that she and Jim still have something that's on again, off again. Right. Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, how has this affected your family? Carrie, obviously once again, you have your own life. Uh, of course you, uh, you have other family members. They have their own lives, but the last four plus years, um, you know, how has it been? Um, well, I mean, it's been especially hard. I would say anybody taking it the hardest would be me because, you know, me and Brenda always had, you know, a connection. Maybe it's because we're just the only blood in the family. Um, it's been really hard. It's been really, um, hard on my mom. Um, she had heart failure back in 2018, um, just from stress and just different things. And, you know, ever since then, I kind of just took the role that I'm going to take over, Mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to find Brenda. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just put like, you know, like a, like a damper. It's just very agonizing and, Mm -hmm. and heartbreaking and, um, you know, she's just a piece of our family is missing, Yeah. you know, and we talk about it a lot. Sometimes, you know, my, my brother won't talk about it or my dad. Um, but mm-hmm. my mom is, you know, she's not taking it very well. You know, mm-hmm. she has her days and, um, it's just a big mystery. You know, it's it's not getting answers. It's not knowing if she's alive. It's not knowing what happened. It's just, you know, a roller coaster of emotions and mystery and, you know, um, just no answers. I mean, what do you do? Yeah. You know, you have to move on. You know, you have to live um, your life. But at the same time, you don't forget about her. Um, I'm always trying to find her. I'm always trying to, you know, talk to people or get her name out there as much as I can. Um, but it's just, we don't know. We, we don't just don't know what happened. Right. I, I realized, Carrie, that we forgot to mention maybe one th- more thing about uh, those emails, one other point that was contained in them. And that is, in one of those emails, she said that she had met a new guy. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes, she did. All right. So, it, and and once again, in reading it, and of course, the listeners by this time will have had a chance to read it themselves. It does give the impression that they moved to Wyoming, if that's where she really is, together. You know, she calls him my new old man. And um, being that it was so quick, you'd almost have to believe that it's some guy from Alabama. Right. Okay. That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, 
I try to go on her Facebook and look at every single person that she, you know, is friends with or talk to. And I, I can't find anybody that lived in, my, in Wyoming or in the surrounding area that she was communicating with. Okay. So once again, it's a big question mark. It, you know, did she make that up? Is it really her? Is that the truth? Did she decide, yeah, I'm going to change my name? I think there's a lot of different, you know, choices here. Um, and, and maybe the emails is as good as they are to show that she was seemingly around, uh, you know, uh, almost two months after the disappearance date. There are reasons, of course, on the other hand, to think maybe she didn't write them, and they're very, very nebulous. Okay. Um, Carrie, do you have a Facebook page? Anything else set up for Brenda and her disappearance? Um, yes, I do. Um, I have a page. It's called Find um, Brenda Sika. Okay. Um, that was put together for me. Um, through the Cold Case Foundation. Okay. Um, I have somebody working with me on that, and okay. they kind of gave me the idea. They actually, yeah. um, the gentleman's assistant was the one who put the page together. Great. Um, for her, I have her on, um, you know, different states, missing, you know, people of Alabama, mm -hmm. Wyoming, you know, help um, we find the missing, just organizations that, you know, try to assist with missing, right. missing persons. Okay. Well, I will make sure that I link to that and so everybody can check it out uh, and share and like it so they can keep tabs on uh, what you are doing. Um, and we have to just remember uh, that's at least in Unfound's world, this is a fairly new disappearance. I mean, the average age of a disappearance we cover on the program is 18 years old. So four years old is uh, young in our world, but still it gets all the attention just as much as any other one does. And with these newer disappearances, it does seem that you know th more th more things do happen. Things happen more than you disappearance, for example, is 30 years old. So that's what I'm hoping... Uh, in Brenda's and um, you know I want to continue to help you in any way that I can uh, that e uh, the the apartment address is still a huge question you know in fact I don't mind telling you uh, as you go forward Carrie that's probably something you should really concentrate on you have to get a better handle on what exactly was going on there whether it's from Jim go to the apartment complex yourself call them up you know, if they can send you some paperwork, if that's not too intrusive, certainly like to know a little bit more about that. That's my suggestion. Okay. Um, but uh, any final words before we complete this interview? Um, no, I think we pretty much covered, you know, everything that, that I know or any, yeah. you know, any information that I could give you. Um, yeah. I'll definitely try to look into maybe contacting the, um, apartment complex myself yeah. i don't know if you know maybe the manage management there has changed it you know it has mm. been four years sure um you know maybe i'll have to take a trip out there and hopefully you know maybe somebody can look more into it i don't know how far mm. the investigator you know yeah well you should pass out. i mean you should pass that along at least when, once again there may be some quirk in 
the, the databases that I use, certainly possible, but uh, the investigator should at least know, you know, about that. You know, let's not just take for granted that she lived there. Let's find some paperwork or something else to really, really prove it. And we may be taking something for granted that's not true. I think okay. that's what I'm saying. I'll definitely, yeah, um, when I speak with him, I'm, I'll actually um, let him know that, that mm -hmm. there's, you know, his name was never in any of the, you know, that, the, the databases that we would databases, usually, yeah. Right, that there's, you know, nothing that shows that he even had it in his name. No, there's not. None. I'll definitely um, bring that up to him. Okay. Um, I usually talk to him or I, I email him once a week. I have to say, you know, it's been four years and yeah. you know, he actually followed any little lead that I thought I had or any idea that I have. He's always responded back to me. He's called me a couple of times. Um, you know, I, I definitely think mm -hmm. that he knows that I'm not going to give up. Yeah, good. And that, you know... He probably sees my name and is like, okay, it's her again. But, <laughs> well, good, good. You know, I don't know if she's on the bottom of his files, but I do know that he always responds back to me and he, you know, he tells me the same thing that, you know, he's, what he told me is that he's worked, you know, missing persons cases. He goes, but your sister's is different. He's yeah. Like, There's absolutely no trace he's like usually mm. you know i can find somebody by a cell phone a homeless shelter or a relative he goes it boggles my mind mm. that i cannot even find anything on her he's told me that he's um he subpoenaed uh facebook to get her records and her messages and he's went over thousands and thousands of pages even on his days off mm -hmm. just trying to get a clue and he just can't find anything, which he finds a little bit mm. odd, he said, because of all her, you know, contact on, on social media and her friends on there, that there's just nothing that he can pull from that. Uh, that's very common. Uh, the main issue is not the investigator. The, the issue is that these types of disappearances are rare. You know, most people who go right. missing right. Uh, are found fairly quickly. Some of them are deceased. A lot of them just come back by themselves. You know, as the, the common thing I say is they went to Vegas for a couple of days and didn't tell anybody. Um, right. And so then some something like Brenda's happens and it's, you know, well, she's going to come back. And then it's two days. And like you said, before you knew it, it was October. Right. And still she's gone. Nobody's heard from her and everything. And this is when things get very, very difficult because most police departments, most investigators, they will work their entire careers and never come up with a disappearance case that lasts longer than a week. Then what happens, then you have one like Brenda's and it's a little hard to figure out what to do because they've never experienced it before. So this is something that I'm working on. This is the reason I, I have some plans to go speak to some colleges, to criminal justice majors about this and how we can change this. You know, people who are going to be investigators somewhere down the road, what do they need to know? Because there's going to be no learning curve. It's going to be you're gonna, a bunch of reports, missing persons reports that are going to be solved in a week are going to be on your desk for 15 years. And all of a sudden, one's going to be on your desk and it's six months old. What are you going to do? Right. You know, and this is what I'm trying to change. But I think you, you're, you know, I, I 
what you just said there, common in just about any disappearance we've covered. You know, the little people are a little flummoxed. Well, I did all the things I usually do that usually work, and now I don't know what to do because none of that stuff worked. Well, right. it's it's then time to, con to find new things that are going to work. And uh, if he's looked through all the paperwork from Facebook and everything, you know, maybe some paperwork at the apartment complex, you know, won't, won't cost him more than 10 minutes of his time. Right. But uh, that's, I, I still say that, that you know, we got to, I think we got to start there. I know I've said that for like no, the fifth time. I agree time. with you, but yeah. I, yeah. I didn't really think about it, you know, until, mm -hmm. you know, have had, had my memory, <clears throat> excuse me, working now. And yeah, why, now I'm thinking, why didn't I do that? You know, why didn't I go? Why uh, didn't I? That's I why I'm I... here. Uh, don't beat yourself up too much. Um, most guests are like this, you know, they've done a lot of great things and, but sometimes even myself, we take certain facts for granted. Well, she really, I mean, she had to have lived in that part complex. Surely I don't need to check that. It's very common, but then, you know, then you're getting to four years and maybe there's not as many things to do. And maybe you start looking at things a little more deeply and then something maybe you took for granted doesn't maybe uh, seem as true, and then that opens up a new line of research. It may end up be that she absolutely was there, and that there is paperwork, and it's just not on the internet, and you know, you'll know you go there, and Jim's signature will be there, and her signature will be there, and it very well could be. There's just none of that right now that we know about. Right. You know, and but like I said, it's just not one thing. It's that, the database, absence, nobody remembering her at the apartment complex, nobody seeing her move out. Jim can't tell you who could have helped her move out, move out on and on and on. She couldn't, maybe she couldn't have rented a, a U-Haul. She might not have had a driver's license. I mean, where did all this stuff go? So exactly. it's, it's just not one of those things. It's all of them put together. Right. So, exactly. It's a big mystery. Right. But, um, and I'll continue to counsel you as, as best I can. If there's things that I think I need to look up, you know, following the episode coming out, I will surely do that for you. Okay. So this no, is just the beginning I, of us knowing each other, Carrie. I really appreciate it. I really do. You're wonderful. Oh, well, thank you. You're very kind. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I really appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate everything that you do, not just for my case, but everybody mm -hmm. else, you know, that there are people, mm -hmm. you know, out there that really care about, you know, people that are missing, you know, and it's just, you know, I need, I need an answer if yeah. she's, yeah. you know, no longer with us, you know, we need closure. We just, okay. I just have to know and I, I won't give up until I find her. Well, I appreciate the kind words. I really do. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And that was my September 4th, 2021 interview with Carrie Valle, sister of Brenda Sika. I thank her for joining me and all of you on the program. As I mentioned during the interview and with Carrie's permission, I've posted the contents of the emails that came from the bsika 99 at gmail.com address on Facebook and on the website, theunfoundpodcast.com. Once again, the address is bsica99 at gmail.com. 
so that you may judge the messages for yourselves. Now that you've heard the interview, you know why I gave this episode the title I did. In fact, in listening to my talk with Carrie, I'm wondering if I might have beaten the topic of where Brenda was living into the ground. So I'm going to stay away from that in this summation. Yet, in discussing where Brenda lived, I did get to talk about my own personal use of databases, something I'm not sure has come up too much on any episode. Although, I think I have written about the topic in some of the Patreon blogs, and I've mentioned databases during the YouTube live show. Here are some of the main ones I use. However, it's not uncommon for me to go to five, six, or seven different ones in hopes of finding additional trustworthy information. USsearch.com Whitepages.com PeopleLooker.com Those are pretty much the main three. Are there better ones? If you think so, please email me your favorites. What I would say about using any databases you can find is this. Number one, just doing a search for myself, and that is really the best way to test any database, I will find many errors. So remember, there are probably mistakes in any information you may find. Number two, the best way to cut down on collecting erroneous data from any of these lists is to cross-reference between several different sites, going back and forth, back and forth. And number three, using a database is much an art as a science. It could take a person quite a while to get the feel of how the list has been compiled and how it can best be used. There is certainly a learning curve. So, how does this apply to Brenda's disappearance? Her lifestyle was not one in which she would have left a large data footprint. No bank account, maybe no driver's license, no job, at least at the time of her disappearance. If she was living in 26E, then it certainly wasn't in her name since Jim was paying. However, his name isn't attached to that address either. Brenda had experience changing her last name. Maybe most importantly, given how Carrie described her, Brenda seemed like the type who could make the decision to live off the grid. All very valid points. Yet, what those items would not explain is, why did Brenda seem to want to continue emailing with Carrie, but then stopped? Why was Brenda's mother unsuccessful in calling dozens of veterinarians in Wyoming who might have known Brenda or her dog? How Brenda could just happen to meet a guy, as she stated in an email, who would allow her to masquerade as if she is missing when she really isn't. Why nobody in the complex remembered Brenda moving in or out, despite her having stuff with her. So, I just don't know. But I'm hoping all of you will research this for yourself, from your trailers, houses, and 
apartments. I'll leave the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a nice review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel, and you've been listening to Unfound.